When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On the Gopher Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is the Golden Gopher Podcast, presented by Schuler Shoes. Fall fun starts at Schuler Shoes. Step in for the largest selection of footwear for the season, or visit SchulerShoes.com. And by Red Savoy Pizza, soda-style pizza since 1965. Find us online at SavoyPizza.com. Welcome to the Golden Gopher Podcast. I'm Justin Gard from KFAN Radio and the Gopher Radio Network. Thanks, as always, for finding us each and every week. We just passed the one-year mark of the Golden Gopher Podcast, so we appreciate your support going back to last August. The goal of the podcast was to bring you fresh, interesting, and different Gopher content every single week. And through about 50 episodes, I feel like we've done that. I feel really good about the guests that we've had, some of the conversations that we've had, and today's guest is no exception. Amanda Zowie B is our guest today. She's down in Bradenton, Florida in the WNBA bubble. We'll get to that conversation in just a minute. Very impactful discussion and conversation on a very eventful and important week all across the country and all across the sports world. But I want to thank our great partners all year long, Red Savoy Pizza and Schuler Shoes. They've been with us since day one last August. SchulerShoes.com is the website to check out Schuler Shoes. They've been putting great shoes on our feet on the Gopher Radio Network for many, many years. They can do the same for you. Find your location, check out their sales, check out their styles and selections at SchulerShoes.com. And by now you know about Red Savoy Pizza, Soda Style, 
style since 1965. Uh, SavoyPizza.com is the website there to find your location. Check out the hours, order online, check out the charitable work that they do as well. SavoyPizza.com. Thanks to them for a great year and hopefully many, many more. Like I mentioned, our guest, Amanda Zowie former Gopher basketball player. She was the second overall pick in the 2015 WNBA draft, started her career in Tulsa, then moved on to the New York Liberty. They are in the WNBA bubble right now, and if you've been following the news, it's been a very important and impactful and meaningful week as the entire sports world has paused to try to do their part for social justice and racial injustice. And Amanda Zowie B and the WNBA has been at the forefront of that going back many, many years. The WNBA paused play for a couple of days, just like the NBA did. And uh, I think you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. We talk about her time at the University of Minnesota. Of course, a great career here, including an epic game against the University of Iowa, 39 points and 29 rebounds. We talk a little bit about that, what brought her to the University of Minnesota. But we wanted the focus to be what's gone on across the country country this week and really what's gone on around the country all summer long really starting here in Minneapolis after George Floyd so here's our conversation with former Gopher basketball player Amanda Zowie B. Well Amanda I want to start it's obviously been a very momentous and historic week across all sports including the WNBA I'm curious what has it been like in the bubble this week as you guys have made some pretty bold statements and made some pretty big decisions what's it been like being all together down there in Bradenton for this? Um, it's been very emotional. Um, it's kind of hard putting it into words other than emotional and draining. Um, but it's been very powerful as well. Um, we all got together and we just had our moment where we just felt unified. And, you know, some people were crying, some were praying, but it was like, it was powerful because we all feel the same thing. doesn't matter where we're from or how we look like. We all feel the pain, and we're all in it together. It just sucks that we have to feel it, you know? And in terms of being in the bubble, does that make it better? Does that make it worse? I know a lot of people, you know, if you were out of the bubble, you would be protesting most likely. I know you spent some time doing that this summer. You would be trying to make a difference outside what are the difficulties of being sequestered like all of you are in terms of trying to make uh, the impact that you want to make this week? Yeah, um, we are definitely isolated from the real world in a sense um, where it's literally just us in the bubble and then we read stuff Mm -hmm. and we hear stuff on social media or the news. So you're definitely isolated, like you said, in that sense. Um, and it just makes everything so much more important and powerful when we do make statements or when we do speak up or decide what to do. Um, just because we are detached from the world, in a sense. So, I've yeah, heard- I don't know if it's making it harder or easier. It's just a weird-ass situation to be in. I, be- I believe that. And how have the conversations gone either with your teammates, with your coaches, or even with others? Because like you said, we're all together. And I'd say the WNBA a couple of nights ago had one of the most powerful images of all of you on the court down there in Bradenton. What have the conversations been like and the meetings been like as you all have tried to work through this thing, like you say, kind of on an island by yourself? Yeah, I think the main thing is like 
how are we doing mentally? Mm-hmm. Like, you just check on people, literally send a text or receive a text, like, hey, how you doing? I'm not doing well. Well, me neither. We're in this boat together. You know? And a lot of times, it's like, I don't know. And we just stand there like, I don't know, and together. Um, but then it's been very productive where people really, you know, we had a only players meeting, and everyone spoke up. And people were speaking of people you haven't really heard speak up. And it's a safe zone. And I think that's kind of where our conversations goes, where whatever we say, they'll stay in between us until we are coming together and feeling comfortable with doing whatever. Um, Yeah. You mentioned that everybody's feeling the same thing. And I would say more than ever on the outside this summer, uh, more and more people are are all feeling the same thing. And I've heard you say before that you want – social justice to extend to more than just a trending hashtag, you know, cause we've had those over yeah. the years. So I'm curious, how do we keep this momentum? Cause I think I, I'm, I'm assuming you would agree this summer, something feels different starting going back with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And now obviously what's going on in Kenosha, it feels different to me, Amanda on the outside that there is more momentum towards, we have to do something here. There does have to be some kind of change. So I'm curious what your opinion is on, how we do make sure that it's not just another T-shirt or another hashtag, and this is the time and this is the point and this is the summer that we can all look to and say this is when it actually began to change. Yeah, so 2020 just been a crazy year overall. Um, and I think that the murders of Ahmad, Brianna, and George, really, it was just enough. You know, like the tip of the iceberg, like, the cup is just overfilled with bullshit and everyone are tired of it. And I think that's what we are feeling and sensing and seeing that we are tired of it. You know, we can't protest and just sit back and let it die out. Like we got to keep having these conversations. We have to keep calling racist people out, whether it's on social media or, you know, the president or someone with your coworker in the coffee room. Um, just got to keep on calling people out and somehow, some way, get, get together and, be, and stay united. Um, and like Angel McCarthy said it best, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen for us. We're not going to see the change. Uh, our children probably not going to see the change, but it's about planting that seed that was planted to us. You know, and pass that along so further in the future, hopefully there will be peace and justice for all. As someone who came to Minnesota for college, very young from Sweden, and I've read before that said one of the reasons, it was I think it was your first college visit, and you said, I'm going to visit the other schools, but this is where I'm going to go. You said Minnesota reminded you very much of Sweden. How difficult yeah. was it to see what happened in Minneapolis on Memorial Day and obviously what happened thereafter as someone who came to love Minnesota very much, how difficult was that for you to watch what was happening here? It's tough because everything is so, like it's so close to heart. And it's like we are all, it's almost like we're supposed to be numb to it Mm -hmm. and seeing all the tragic things that are happening. But, we can only numb ourselves so much. 
And, you know, like it doesn't matter where it happens, if it happens in Minneapolis, if it happens in Brooklyn, uh, you know, everything hurts and it's heartbreaking. And you want to change it and with, with a snap of your fingers, like magic, and you can't. And I think that's, that's the one thing that hurts the most. As Minnesotans, and I am from Minnesota, I'm a white Minnesotan, and I yeah. I think what's happened here the last couple of months, certainly for me, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I know for me and a lot of others, we had to really take a look at this is a great place to live, uh, specifically if you're white. Mm-hmm. If you're black, it hasn't always been a great place, and in many cases, it's mm-hmm. still not a great place to live. When you got here and you went through this, and obviously um, at the University of Minnesota, you, you, there are a lot of black athletes that are here, and they're coming, and they're, and they're the minority by a great stretch in the state. Did did you find it, or did your you know fellow athletes find it difficult um, for minorities to live here? Because I think that's something we've all had to take a, a long look at and say how have, how has it gotten here, and then how do we make it better? Yeah, um, I wouldn't necessarily say it was hard. Only because I think that we were all so close together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really didn't matter how we looked like or where we were from. And that's one of the reasons why I love the U and the people that I went there with. Um, whether they were, you know, volleyball players or football players or basketball players. Uh, we just had a great community that took care of each other. Um, and you were isolated. You were really isolated from the world because you are a student athlete. Uh, and people know who you are. People don't respect you, but yeah, I wouldn't say it was hard. It was more so when you actually like stepped outside of that role of being a student athlete, you know, where you're like, um, like, I'm just another body, you know, like everywhere else you walk on this earth. Now, in our final couple of minutes, Amanda, I do want to talk a little bit about your career. This is the Golden Gopher podcast, and we try to catch up with uh, mm-hmm. alumni and former athletes, former coaches. And, um, you know, we've talked to Rachel Bannum a lot. We've talked to Lindsey Whalen a lot. And um, I'm always struck by, you know, your season when Rachel gets hurt, right, in, in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. And everybody is thinking, and I know even Lindsey and Janelle McCarville even compared the two of you to them, which, as you know at the time, is about as heady praise as you can get coming to the University yeah. of Minnesota. So when Rachel got hurt and the, the team kind of just flipped to you, what was that? What do you remember about that that season? And obviously the Iowa game is one that we'll all remember forever, just an incredible performance. Mm-hmm. But what, what do you remember about that time of your career and, and that season? Um, honestly, it was just about picking Rachel up. Um, and I think we all came together and was like, dude, like we got to do this for Rachel. <laughs> and – um, we all just started playing so much better uh, because we had to feel that missing piece on the court. And everything just started clicking for me, you know. Like I had played well prior to that, but then I just somehow started playing with a different killer mentality. Um, yeah. <laughs> 39 and 29. So 39 ago. and 29 is a decent <laughs> night. I mean, Wendy, I, I remember watching it. It was a game on the Big Ten Network, and it's one of those things where you kind of get you get the sense that, wow, something's going crazy at the barn tonight, and you end up with 39 points, 29 rebounds. That was a conference record, uh, career-high points for you. What do you remember about that night? You know, I didn't realize 
how like I knew re, uh, scoring wise, like it was going well for me individually, but I didn't quite realize how many rebounds I had until one of the girls was like, "Yo, <laughs> look up!" and uh, the jumbo thrown, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what the hell is happening?" Like you're just in a zone where it's like you just keep going, you know. Going back to before you got to the U. You, you you started basketball and you basically your parents said you have to do something we got to find something for you to do and I know you did a lot of different uh, sports and choir and things like that uh, but you said your your first basketball practice was terrible you were 10 years old and then like three years later uh, you were asked to be on the national team and then a couple of years later mm-hmm. you're going to a high school away from your family um, basically mm-hmm. to go to school and develop as a basketball player you lived by yourself I think starting at 16 years old what was that like yeah it was great <laughs> Every sixteen-year-old's dream. <laughs> no, it was good. Um, my parents were only about forty to an hour uh, minutes away. They came to every single uh, home game besides one throughout my three years in high school, and it just really taught me how to take care of myself at an early age, how to be independent, and it and it prepared me to later on move across the waters um, to Minnesota. And then again, stay in America uh, by playing pro and moving around the world during the off season. So it was just a great preparation. And I mean, that team, we won two out of three championships. We were one of the youngest teams uh, to play. So we just had so much fun and it definitely molded me to who I am today. What do you remember? What are your first memories about learning about the University of Minnesota or when the Gophers came on your radar? Uh, Coach Curtis was like always everywhere. So like that was my first memory. Like he was everywhere. Um, but then just how like I love the family atmosphere, and that's why I went there. Um, you know, went to the uh, to study hall, and everyone was welcoming and loving. Um, it was just so much like family vibes, and that's what I'm. That's what I grew up on. We have a large family. So just moving across the water to into another family was very important. And it seemed like American basketball suited you very well. Um, you liked to play fast. You liked to play more physical. I think in Sweden it's maybe a little bit more finesse and there's fouls called on things, and, and that was an adjustment period for you, I think, and which one that you liked. How quickly do you feel like that you got adjusted to the American style and how beneficial was it for you? Well, I think I got adjusted pretty quickly, uh, only because I, at that time I was very physical. I was way bigger than everyone else. So it benefited me just playing against stronger, bigger players. But then I think I just brought the European style into the game as well. And I somehow learned how to mix the two, which is not that easy. Right. Um, because it's literally two different sports. But I think it worked out pretty well. And this, and this year was seen as a big opportunity for you. I think at one point you had six rookies on the Liberty, and we all know about Sabrina and her injury and, and how that's going to affect the team, obviously, down there. 
But on the basketball side of things, it seems like you personally are playing really well, averaging double figures, almost averaging double figures in rebounding. Uh, had, you know, you've always been a good passer, had a big assist the other night for, for kind of the game-winning basket. But have you, how have you taken this new opportunity to, you know, I know one that you've kind of been waiting for to be a big part of a team. Uh, you have a lot of nice pieces. I know the wins aren't necessarily there, but in terms of your personal performance this year, how do you think it's gone? Yeah, um, I think you used the right word when you said opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. This is a great opportunity to grow not only as a player and as a leader, but as a human. Um, There's a lot of things going on in this world that is affecting everyone's mental. And just being able to be someone who can lead, uh, who can grab knowledge from my own experiences in the league. I've been in the league for six years now and just take all the great things that I've been through and trying to help the younger players. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful opportunity and, and I'm trying to take advantage of it. Uh, with that comes more responsibility, um, not just to lead, but also to play well. And I mean, we have a great group. Uh, we are still figuring out how to win on this level. Like you said, we have a lot of young players, but we headed towards the right direction. And we know it's not going to happen overnight where we are all of a sudden going to be champions. We know it's a growing and rebuilding process. We are all locked in, and I think we all just playing very well individually. You know, we just got to put it together. As we wrap up, Amanda, I, I'm, I'd like you to speak to what you hope people take out of this week. You're in the bubble. NBA's in the bubble. Major League Baseball's also delayed some games. Uh, basically all sports uh, across the country have paused a little bit to reflect on what's happened this week and what's continued to happen this summer. As we're looking for, I guess, main messages or main points that you'd like to drive home this week, what would you want people to hear and listen to from what's happening this week? Um, I want people to actually open up their eyes outside of their own comfort zone. Um, it's very easy to stay in your comfort zone where you don't, where you are protected from the reality. And I would like people to open up their eyes and their hearts and really see that we are hurting, that we are not being treated right, um, and that we don't ask. We're not asking for a lot. We are literally asking for justice, to be treated like anyone else, uh, because we are not. And I would like people to use their platform. Uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith said it that she said no platform is too small. So it don't matter if you're on social media or if you're in the break room at your work uh, or your job. Just speak about it and and have those uncomfortable, tough conversations that, that sparks and plants a seed into someone else. Because we can't do this alone. We need everyone to be on the same page and understand that black and brown bodies are being murdered with no justice. And it's not right. Amanda, I appreciate the time. Uh, stay safe down in Bradenton. Good luck the rest of the way. And uh, hopefully we'll all, I've said this to everybody, hopefully we'll all catch up under better circumstances. Hopefully people can see each other in person at some point <laughs> um, as we yeah. move through this pandemic, because that's a whole other thing in 2020. But I really appreciate you taking the yeah. time. And uh, it's good to share a few memories and obviously have you share that great message. Thanks again. Thank you so much.
Strong stuff from former Gopher basketball player Amanda Zowie B. If you'd like to follow her on Twitter, and I recommend it, at Amanda Zowie B. That's her handle, A-M-A-N-D-A-Z-A-H-U-I-B. Amanda Zowie B, former Gopher. We appreciate her time. And like I talked to her about and like I talked to many others about, hopefully we'll talk under better circumstances. Like she said, hopefully we keep this momentum and make sure that these names that we continue to read and continue to say don't just become hashtags. They become part of a more meaningful movement and maybe even the point in our history where we can say that's where things finally started to change. I know I certainly hope that is the case as uh, nobody uh, we should never forget uh, 2020 but certainly it has not been an easy year for any of us. Thanks to her uh, thanks to the New York Liberty for setting that up in the WNBA bubble and uh, thanks to you for joining and listening to the Golden Gopher Podcast. Thanks again everybody thanks to Schuler Shoes and Red Savoy Pizza we will talk to you on the Golden Gopher Podcast next week. This has been the Golden Gopher Podcast presented by Schuler Shoes Fall fun starts at Schuler Shoes. Step in for the largest selection of footwear for the season or visit Schulershoes.com. And by Red Savoy Pizza, soda-style pizza since 1965. Find us online at SavoyPizza.com. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Gophers Sports Network. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.